This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. So my husband and I got married on 17 March 2001. This is almost 21 years, so we, we're almost there for the 21 years. But when we decided to start it with a family, it actually took us 11 months to fall pregnant with our son, Vian. He is now a very handsome 13-year-old. We celebrated his birthday last year in December. But, you know, even though waiting for him, it feels like so long ago, but waiting for him for 11 months felt like eternity. If you've ever tried to fall pregnant, every month feels like eternity. But I have a very, very different perspective on it now. After we actually tried for 11 years to fall pregnant with our second child. And, you know, I know that one day when, when I enter heaven, when I move from this life to the next, I will once again have a very different perspective on the 11 years. Right? Because even if we struggle our whole life on earth with something specific, it is still very short compared to eternity. Right, And I'm sure many of you maybe have struggled with things in your lives that felt like eternity, just felt as if this is never, ever going to pass. And I, I'm sure you have stories of the struggle for your faith or the prayers you prayed or even maybe promises God has given you. Maybe you have stories of doctors that you have seen or medication you used or diets you followed or different opinions of people. Right? Because in, in, in journeys like this, there's, there's opinions. And I'm sure all of you have stories. And I'm sure also, for those of you who have stories like that, I'm sure many of you have put your trust in the Lord. Many of you have said, God, I'm standing in faith. I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm, I'm giving my everything. And then maybe some of you have received exactly what you trusted for. And that is... You know, in, in our Christian walk, these are the uh, victorious, glorious stories. You know, when we stand in faith and we receive the promise and we have this amazing testimony, that's awesome. And this is what we trust for every, for every challenge and every struggle. But maybe there's some of you that received something completely different. You didn't see that one coming. You know, you, you trusted for one thing. You received something completely different. And maybe there's some of you that would say this morning, Sonica, I have received nothing what I prayed for. I haven't seen I haven't seen one percent of what I trusted God for. And maybe for you this morning there's this underlying disappointment. You know, this almost like a fear to trust again, because what if? What if you trust and you give your everything and you declare scripture and people pray and there's nothing? You know, what if you put your trust in God again, and again there's nothing? You know, and what, what, what I've noticed that is that those disappointments, if we do not allow God to heal our hearts, those disappointments become the dragon that could steal our faith. You know, so we're we doing a series currently called Slaying Dragons, you know, and there's there's a lot of dragons that we need to face in our lives. We, we call it dragons, okay? You can call it anything you like. 
But what I've noticed in my own life as well, if I leave something for too long, if I let it become, you know, if I almost if I nurture this disappointment, or if, if I nurture an offense, or if I nurture something, if I don't deal with it quickly and immediately, it truly could become a dragon. It be, could become something that whispers lies and accusations and questions the character of God. And this is why we talk about slaying dragons at the moment, because there's so many things in our, in our lives that we've, le- we, we've left it too long. And it has become something that we need to now actively fight. Amen. So I, I would love this morning to share with you our story of trusting the Lord for another child for 11 years. Because for 132 months, I had to fight the dragon of disappointment. And I'm sure many of you have your own stories, but this is mine. You know, and the dragon of disappointment for me came with all kinds of voices. Shame, fear, accusations, questions, confusion. There were just so many voices that this dragon of disappointment would whisper every month. And, and later, it would not even be a whisper, it, this, it, would, it would be a shouting voice. And I had to act. So we trusted God for a baby girl. Firstly, because it was the desire of our heart. He's given us a son. And it was just so interesting because our whole family of three, <laughs> we were in agreement about this baby girl thing. Even Vian, you know, you would think he would want a brother. But he always said, no, he wants a sister. So for some reason, we were just in total agreement. So that was the first reason why we trusted God for a baby girl. And the second reason was that it was confirmed by so many different sources. Dreams people had, visions people saw, scriptures. And there were just so many things that confirmed this dream. So we decided we're trusting the Lord you know, we would, we were just, you know, we, we actually prepared a room. We put a name in the room. We wanted to call a Nina, which means God is gracious and has shown favor. That was the name we've chosen for this baby girl we trusted God for. And I know many of you have prayed with us. And many of you believed with us. Many of you have given me pink baby grows as a gift. <laughs> and, you know, I want to I wanna thank you this morning. Because it, it played a massive role in keeping my heart healthy. All your prayers, all your support, your faith, your words, you, everything you've brought. And I'll explain later in my message how you don't have to feel that your word was insignificant or that you maybe heard something that was not of God. I'll, I'll, I'll explain it to you, but I want to thank you this morning for your love, your support, your encouragement, your, your praise. Everything, every time, you know, sometimes when people come with a pink baby grow, <laughs> they come with fear and trembling because, you know, that's the, that's the, the gift to me, but it's all, they also know that, you know, they're taking a risk and I want to thank you this morning. Every time, every, every uh, person who's given me something, whether it was a prayer or a word of encouragement, I want to thank you. 
You know, because like I, like I say, it played a massive role in keeping my, my heart healthy. But the two people I want to thank the most is my husband and my son. You know, Vian, it's just incredible, the faith of a child. You know, I looked at him and I thought, wow, I want, I want to believe like this. You know, we would go to Sanuk. Then you, obviously they give you a table for four, and now we're three. Then Vian would just point at the fourth chair. He says, this is where Nina is going to sit one day. Or he would come home after choir practice a few years ago. He said, Mommy, I need to remember this song we learned this morning because she's going to love it. I need to sing it to her one day. Or he would tell me, we need to start clearing the cupboards for clothes because there's no space. We need to get ready. You know, he was just always so encouraging. For him, there was no doubt that we're going to have, at least going to have a baby system. And I was just always amazed by his faith. I was so encouraged. I was so built up. I felt so light and so, so free, you know, when Vian comes with his statement of faith. And Andre, I mean, you all know Andre, he was so rock solid in his faith. Every month, every year, and then the year becomes two and the two becomes three. And he's just rock solid in his faith. And for me, it was just this most incredible journey with the two men in my life that, you know, they were just so supportive. I was, I was not lonely in this journey, but it has been a journey that tested our faith and our endurance. It really tested our endurance but because we firmly believed that we would have another child. We always said we'll rather die believing than live in unbelief. And if I need to choose, I'll choose that again, to live, to, to die believing than to live in unbelief. Because to live in unbelief, that is what makes our heart sick. But to believe in God would never make our heart sick as long as we slay the dragon of disappointment. As long as we, you know, we have... Are tools ready for that moment when things do not look exactly the way that you that you expected? You know, but last year, so yeah, for, for eleven years we trusted God, we believed. But last middle last year, we decided as a family to surrender the stream to the Lord. Many of you might have questions on why. You can come speak to me personally. We, we have reasons why we decided to let go of the stream, to lay down after 11 years. And, you know, I, I never knew I was going to handle that moment. You know, for so long, you receive words. For so long, you receive promises. And for so long, you believe. And then there comes this moment where you surrender. And I always say to myself, how will I ever do that? You know, how do you walk away? from something that you trusted for for so long? How do I walk away from the words, the prophecies, the scriptures? You know, how, how do I trust God again for something big? How do I deal with this disappointment? And I would love to share with you this morning a few things that restored my heart completely. And I don't say it lightly. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen without a lot of conversations with God and tears and wrestling. And it, I'm not saying it lightly. So if you are battling with something and you, you listen to me and you're, my heart is healed, it didn't just happen overnight. But it is available for you as well. 
Because if God can heal my heart, he can heal yours too. Amen? So I, I would love to share with you a few perspectives that truly, truly restored my heart. Truly restored my heart. A perspective is a particular attitude about something, a point of view. It's a way of seeing something. You know, Andre always uses the, the example of Table Mountain. You know, when, when, you, when you look at any kind of mountain from a certain angle, you'll see something. When you look at it from a different angle, you're going to see something different. You know, so a perspective is, is a way of seeing something, a particular attitude towards something. And the first thing that God has given me is an eternal perspective. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, He has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. So one of the major moments for me of healing was when God showed me I don't have to walk away from all the words I've received. And I need you, I need you to get this now, because this is... Really important. I know that we prophesy in part. I know that we see in part, according to 1 Corinthians 13, we will never see the full picture. I know sometimes we prophesy out of compassion. We prophesy out of, out of our hearts that so badly want to see somebody healed or restored or free or the promise received. But God showed me, this is what I firmly believe, that I don't have to walk away. From the words I've received. So if you have given me a word, I'm not walking away from it. I'm not throwing it in a dustbin and, and say, my God is... I was, let me illustrate it to you. So in August 2019, you know, I was, I was taking my son for a drum lesson at Clarendon. And one of the teachers in our church, Sandra, she had a dream that a scripture union clause prays for me. So, coincidentally, right at that time when he was having his drum lesson, she had, his, she had a clause. And I said, well, I'm here. Let's, let's do this. Please pray for me. You know, and it, it was an interesting prayer meeting. The girls, they didn't know me from a bar of soap. They were very, very shy. And nothing happened. I mean, they didn't say anything. They didn't pray anything. We were just sitting there. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, this one girl... She said, Sonic, uh, she said, I see a little girl with blonde hair, and Sonica, she looks a lot like you. Now, what you must understand is I do not know these girls. I've never seen them. They don't know me. They don't know anything about me. So I have words like that. I have words where people who do not know my circumstances or didn't know my circumstances gave me a word, and it pointed to a girl, and it pointed to a girl that looks like me. I have other words similar to that. You know, and obviously at that stage, for me, it was just another confirmation, right? Of we just need to keep on trying and believing and it will happen. But last year, God changed my perspective. And he said to me, Sonica, this little girl could be your daughter-in-law. <laughs> or maybe this little girl could be your grandchild. You know, Vian already came to me, said, Mommy, if I'm not having a sister, I'm calling my little girl one day Nina. So I said, okay, you need to check that with your wife first. <laughs> she wasn't part of this journey. But, you know, I, God gave me, and it is something that he's given me. It's not a, 
theoretical idea or a concept. He deposited this into my heart. You know that this little girl that so many words have spoken about could even be my great, 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 great granddaughter. But ultimately, I'm going to spend time with her in heaven. This is what I believe. And it's going to be for eternity. So if there's words about a girl that looks like me, then, you know, for God, a thousand years is like one day. You know, we do not understand the ways of God. But he just said to me, Sonica, do not walk away from the words I've given you. And, and it stirred in me such an excitement. You know, for what is to come, because heaven is my home. Heaven is our home. As Christians, this life is short. And I know we go through things that feel like eternity. Like I said, waiting for Vian for 11 months, it felt like eternity. Now I know that trying for a baby for a year is really short. (laughs) But I was just, I was set free when God said to me, you don't have to walk away from the words. But it, it will look different than what you expected. You know, now I just actively pray for my daughter-in-law because she must like me, okay? So you can now start praying for that. She must allow me to look after her kids. So she's now a very important prayer point for me. But listen to this beautiful story. A one-year-old boy, one-year-old, shattered his back, falling down a flight of stairs, and he spent his childhood and youth in and out of hospital. Gavin Reed, the former bishop of Maidstone, interviewed him in church, and the boy remarked, God is fair. So this is his perspective, right? God is fair. Gavin asked, how old are you? Seventeen, the boy replied. So how many years have you spent in hospital? The boy answered, thirteen years. So thirteen out of seventeen, he spent in hospital. So Gavin asked, so do you think that's fair? And he replied, God has got all of eternity to make it up to me. How amazing is that? 17-year-old boy spent 13 years of his life in hospital. But he says, God is fair because there's eternity and he's got all eternity to make it up to me. And God has got all eternity to make it up to me. And I can't wait. God stirred in me such an excitement of how these words will come to pass. And we sometimes have a very, very specific idea of the promises of God. We have our idea. And obviously when there's specific words, we make interpretations that this is what it will look like. But like I said, we still see in part. We still prophesy in part. But one day we're going to see clearly. I know know many of us have so many questions for God. (laughs) But one day... When we move from this life to eternity, to heaven, all our questions will be answered. I think, I honestly think we will just have an understanding that don't even need questions or answers anymore. You know, we, God will just, everything will be different. God makes all things new. God makes all things new. So an eternal perspective transforms every disappointment into a new possibility. Every disappointment becomes a new or a fresh possibility when we have an eternal perspective. Because anything, anything can happen and everything will be different because God makes 
all things new. So something else God has given me, a diff- uh, uh, another perspective, is a different perspective or a fresh perspective. So I want to read to you a portion of script in Samuel. So this is account of Hannah. She was the mother of Samuel, the prophet, who anointed King David. But for many years, Hannah was barren. But now her husband had another wife. I don't know how these things work, okay, guys? I know you battle to cope with one of us. But Alcana, for some reason, decided he is, you know, man enough for two women. But now listen to this. And a rival, a, a rival that was Hannah's, that was the second wife. Okay, that's her is Hannah and the rival is Penina. Okay, let's get them. Her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. Uh, uh, womb. This is Hannah. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she, Penina, provoked her Hannah. Therefore she wept and did not eat. This is now Hannah. She, she's crying. She's not eating because this other wife is making her miserable because this other wife is having the one child after the other and Hannah has got no, no baby. Then Alcana, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? By the way, it sounds like a very male, uh, this is the way males will handle this, I think. But it's, it's still very true, okay? He was, he was spot on. <laughs> but still, I think women would handle this differently. <laughs> Alcana, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? <laughs> you know, but... Yeah, like I say, I think it's a very male, uh, let's fix the problem (laughs) situation. But God used the scripture very powerfully to me. (laughs) You know, he said to me, Sonica, is what I have given you not better than 10 more children? Look at what you have received. Look at what I've given you. Is that not more valuable? Is that not more precious? Is that not more significant than this girl that you are trusting me for? And God changed my heart. And he challenged me. He said, is what I've given you not more precious? And I want to hold it before you this morning. Each one of us have received something from the Lord. Each one of us has received something from the Lord. But if we focus on what we don't have, we might miss the gift. We might miss what God has given us. We might take it for granted. We might even despise it. Or we, we might be familiar with it. Because we, we so long for what we do not have. And I want to I wanna say to you the same thing that Alcana said to Hannah. It's what God has given you not better than what you're longing for. You know, some of us... Do not have children, but you have a husband or a wife. Do not take that person for granted. Some of us do not have a husband or a wife, but you have friends or you have family or you have, you have a future. You have something that God has given you. Do not take it for granted. Do not be familiar with the gifts God has given you. You know, maybe you, you feel you have received very little from the Lord. Maybe you don't even like your job. Maybe you don't even want to be in East London. But maybe God has given you the gift of eternal life. Maybe he has washed away your sins. Maybe he has forgiven you. Maybe he has called you by your name and you responded to him. And 
when you when you end when this life is 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 done you can receive the gift of eternal life which is the most amazing gift god could ever give us so each one of us has have received a gift do not let what we are longing for even if god has promised it to us do not let that become so important that we neglect or become familiar or do not appreciate what he has given us. Let me, let me show you another story in the Old Testament. So in the book of Ruth, there's a story about Naomi. She's, she's a wife and a mother, and Ruth is her daughter-in-law. So what happens? Naomi loses her husband and her two sons. They, all three of them die. Now, I, I cannot imagine something worse like that. You know, you're a woman, you have a husband, you have two sons, two daughters-in-law, and now all of a sudden, the three men in your life, the, the, the men that you love the most, they're gone. <laughs> so this is her situation. But then God gives her this daughter-in-law, Ruth. He said to her, where you go, I'll go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And Ruth comes and she says, Naomi, I'm sticking to you. Even after Naomi told her, no, go back to your people, Ruth says, no, I'm sticking to you. So the end result is Ruth gets married to a man called Boaz, and she bears a son called Obed. Now, listen to this in Ruth 4. This is now after the birth of this little boy, Obed. Then the woman said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. He shall be to you, this is now the little grandson, Obed, he shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Now this is powerful. This is really powerful. And yes, no one will ever replace a husband. No one could ever replace her two sons. She will always, for the rest of her life, feel that loss. But there comes this word who says, your daughter-in-law loves you. God has given her a daughter-in-law. So yes, she lost her husband. She lost her sons. But God says, I'm redeeming. I, I, I can't give it back to you. I can't replace your husband. I can't replace your sons. But... I can redeem your loss. I can give you something that's going to be a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. A little baby born because your daughter-in-law loves you. Because he has given you a daughter-in-law who is more to you than seven sons. You know, and I know many of you have lost someone in your life. A husband, a wife, family member mother, father, child, nobody can ever replace them. So I'm not saying that anyone in this life can ever replace that person that you have lost. But I know that I know that I know that God is able to give you something in return, something that will redeem that loss, that will buy back in a measure that would Restore something for you that could, that could restore the life 
that has been stolen to you, the, the life in your heart, God can awaken your heart again by giving you something. And I want to I encourage you this morning, if you have lost something, to keep on looking, to keep on seeking until you find that something, that redemptive gift that God will give you that will not replace the person you've lost, but it will redeem. It will redeem a broken heart. It will redeem a broken spirit. And it will give you hope again. It will give you a reason to live again because this is the God that we serve. Because every a, a different perspective, like I said, an eternal perspective could change every disappointment into... You know, a different perspective could change every disappointment into an unexpected gift. An unexpected gift. Where an eternal perspective can change every disappointment into a new possibility. A complete new possibility. You didn't think about that possibility. A different perspective could change every disappointment into an unexpected gift. It's a gift you did not expect. It's a gift you, you didn't even Think it would ever be a gift, but now all of a sudden it becomes a gift. So either a new, complete new possibility or a, a gift that becomes an unexpected gift. That is the God that we serve. And then the third perspective God has given me is his perspective. So he's given me an eternal perspective. He's given me a different perspective or a fresh perspective. And he's given me his perspective. So Isaiah 55 says... My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. I think most of us are familiar with the scripture. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. You see, for 11 years, we, we decided to believe. Now God asks, he asks us to still believe, but to let go of what we expected to see. He, he asking us to let go of our, of our idea of what this promise would look like or how the fulfillment of this promise would look like. In Hebrews 11 verse 6, it says, it is impossible to please God without faith. And anyone who comes to him must believe that, that he exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. You know, what, what I've learned in my 11 years of trusting God. Stem for support waiting for you when you believe in God. Not necessarily the reward you were expecting or hoping for, but they will nevertheless there will be a, there will be a reward. Because you put your trust in the Lord and he says he he will be a reward of those who diligently seek him. So you will receive a reward. Maybe not exactly what what you expected, but there will always be a reward when we put our trust in the Lord, when we see things from his perspective. You know, like I said, Andrew and I decided we'll rather die believing than living in unbelief. Because to die believing keeps your heart healthy. It keeps your faith strong. It keeps your hope alive. But the moment you, you let go of your hope and your faith, the moment, you know, you, you live in unbelief because you just want to protect yourself from disappointment. So you hope nothing. You believe nothing. You trust God for nothing. You kind of just 
You know, protect yourself against disappointment. You're not going to be a healthy person. You're not going to flourish. You're not going to grow. You're not going to overcome because you live in defense mode. You live in, I just want to protect myself mode from disappointment. But imagine our faith can grow stronger after every disappointment. Imagine our faith could, 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 could grow stronger and we could trust Lord more every time there's a disappointment. Imagine a church where... You know, disappointments, they don't rock us or rock our world or our boat. No, it gives us a greater determination to trust and to fight and to believe in God. You know, the years of believing and trusting in God was not a waste because it formed me and it shaped me and it changed me. I am a richer person today because I've chosen to believe. I'm a richer person because I've received something from the Lord. You know, God taught me how to trust him in the mystery. He taught me how to trust him in the mystery. So God's perspective transforms every disappointment into a beautiful reward. A beautiful reward. So I want to encourage you this morning, do not fear the dragon of disappointment. We are created to live by faith. We are created not to walk by sight, but to live by faith. God has given each one of us a measure of faith. And the moment we fear that dragon of disappointment and the moment we want to protect ourselves against disappointment, we're not going to believe. We're not going to trust. We're going to protect ourselves and we will not receive the reward that is available for us when we put our trust in the Lord. So I want to, I want to share with you a few gifts that I've received during these 11 years. Gifts that God has given me monthly, yearly, you know, whenever I've cried out to him, first of all, he's given me a gratefulness for what I have. I've touched on that. You know, so God has given me this one son. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that can get a mom down. You know, wrapping books, packing lunch boxes, <laughs> helping your child with homework or schoolwork and driving up and down. You know, there's just so many things that could be exhausting for a mom. But for me, my, the highlight of my day is to fetch my son at school. And I, I don't say it lightly. There's many highlights of my day. Andre always says, what? Am I not the highlight of your day? So no, fetching my son is. To, to fetch him is the highlight of my day. You know, to, to wrap his books or to pack his lunchbox. And yes, it, it does get me down sometimes. You know, sometimes I... I get exhausted and tired and don't want to do it. But most of the time, I'm just so grateful. God has given me this little person that allows me to, to build relationship with teachers and moms and other kids. And, you know, I have, I have one child, but he gives me all the opportunities I need to be involved in, in the school and to... You know, to explore a mission field of people who need Jesus. So I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that God has given me a son. And I never want to take him for granted. I never just want to look at him and think, oh, you know, I wish I had a girl. Because no, Vian is better to me than 10 girls. This is the word God has given me. The man, the, the, the husband and the son God has given to me is better than 10 girls. Because what he's, 
what, what God has put in them is exactly what I need to flourish and to be blessed. God has also given me an intimacy with him. I've received the gift of intimacy with God. You know, when you have many conversations with God and tears and tantrums and <laughs> confusion and questions, you develop an intimacy with that person that every time when you go through your conversations and tears and questions, he comes and he restores your soul. That person becomes your, your healer and your comforter. He becomes your, your knight in shining armor and he rescues you. So I have developed an intimacy with the Lord that I don't think I would have had it without 11 years of trusting him. You know, there's a scripture in Matthew 5 verse 4 that says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I'm blessed. I'm blessed because I received God's comfort. And again, I don't say it lightly. You know, there's some of you have lost far, far more than what I have not received. But I have received the comfort of God, not in a theoretical way, not in a, in a casual way. I've received the comfort of God when I was broken. When I thought, God, I'm... I don't know, I'm going to recover now from another month of expecting and being disappointed. And then God comes and he picks me up and he restores me and he, he gives me hope again. And then I believe again and I feel free and I feel strong and I feel victorious. And then comes another disappointment and then God picks me up again and he restores me. So I've developed an, an, an intimacy with him. That is one of the greatest gifts I have. Then I also received the gift of faith, a purified faith. It feels to me as if my faith is stronger than ever. I know it doesn't make sense because I haven't received this promise. But it feels to me as if my faith is stronger. It feels to me as, you know, if, if God could heal me, if God could restore me, after 132 months of disappointments and having ultimately to walk away from a dream, if he could restore me, if he could heal me, if he could give me peace, if he could give, give me an expectation of spending time with my great-great-great-great-granddaughter in heaven, I mean, surely, he can, surely it's okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Nothing that happens in my life would be too big for God not to restore so it has given me a faith in, in God, not a faith in a promise or a faith in an end result I'm looking for. It has given me a faith in God who is committed to me. He's not going to leave me. He's not going to abandon me. He's not just going to say, Sonica, you've cried so much. You know, really, you're a hopeless case. <laughs> I'm walking away from you because, no, he is just so committed. He's so committed to us. So even if you cry for the thousandth time, you know, about something that, that is hard, God is right there to pick you up because that's what he, what he did for me, what he's still doing for me. You know, there's a scripture in, in Job 42, verse 5. You know, if you just read the book of Job, you know, you will feel better about your situation. You know, he lost so much. 
And then his wife eventually said to him, curse God and die. You know, how's that for being alone in your situation? But God, uh, Job says in, in Job 42 verse 5, he said, I had only heard about you before, but now I've seen you with my own eyes. He's speaking to God and he says, I've only heard about you before. And, and let me tell you, it, it's, not the, it's not the full truth or the full picture. I'm sure Job had a relationship with God. Otherwise, he would not have survived this kind of challenge or loss. So it's, it's not as, as if it was completely theoretical. But compared to the way he knows God now, it feels as if he has only heard about him before. So he, he has developed something, you know, a faith, also again an intimacy, a relationship, an understanding of God that he's never had before. And it's because of suffering. It's because of, of disappointment. It's because of challenges in life that we receive the gift of faith, a purified faith where your faith is purified. You see, God has given all of us a measure of faith, but it only purifies when we go through challenges, when we go through disappointments. But it's a gift. Ultimately, faith needs to be purified to become true faith. If we can, after disappointment, still say, God, I trust in you. I believe in you. Not theoretical, not like a true, a true knowing that God is good and he's faithful. It's a gift. And I've received that, that gift of faith. And then another gift I've received is just togetherness with my husband and my son. You know, it's like, it's like a team sport when you do something together and you, you win something together. There's just nothing like it, you know, when you compete in a team and you do it together. There's this closeness with, with the people. There's this, yes, we did it together. It's not a, a one-man show, one-woman show. It's, it was a team effort. And this is how I feel about our little family of three. We prayed together. We trusted together. We encouraged one another together. If You know, if I was down, then Vian would come with, no, mommy, it's okay, um, you know, then I, I tell them, no, I'm, you know, I'm really getting old. And then they have all these beautiful things just to say, you know, that you don't look old, mommy. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Nobody will know. Nobody will know, you know, that you're so old <laughs> one day when you have baby Nina. So it was just amazing our doing this together as a team. You know, when, when I really don't know if, you know, we should continue with this dream anymore, then Andre is like, no way, he's not giving up. You know, Andre, he's got a pit bull anointing. You know, he is. He will pray for you for 10 times, where most of us will give up, and then Andre will pray another time, and then this God does a miracle. You know, God has given my husband an amazing way of enduring, an amazing way of just not giving up. And we did it together, so I have this closeness with my little team. And this gift of togetherness, we did it together. We prayed together, we cried together, we encouraged each other together, and then we surrendered together. You know, we really had to walk Vian through this whole process as well, because there's so many people in a, you know, at a young age, they trust the Lord for something big. And then it doesn't happen. There's so many stories of atheists, actually, who prayed 
for somebody to be healed or for a miracle to happen and God didn't give them their answer and then they just decided there's no God. It's, it's crazy how many people who turn away completely from God has got a story, a childhood story of really trusting in God and then it didn't happen. You know, it was such a great privilege for us just to, to walk our sons through this whole process because I want him to believe. I want him to believe again. I don't want him to lose his childlike faith. But it was necessary to pray and to debrief and to talk. And we did it together as a team. And I received the gift of togetherness. So yes, I don't have a baby girl, but I have a husband and I have a son. And we are a team. And it's amazing. It's amazing to look at what God has given us and to given me and to treasure it. And to know that what he's given me is everything that I need to flourish in this life. So my heart is whole. My heart is free. I don't want you to worry about me. I don't want you to feel sorry for me because God has done a miracle for me. You know, I trust him more than ever. I really do. And like I, like I say, it hasn't happened without many conversations with God, many tears, many moments where I was not well, but I've reached a point where I am I'm free and I'm trusting him more than ever. And that is what is, what is available for you guys. You know, and I, my prayer for you this morning is that God will restore your heart in the same way that he restored mine. My prayer is that he would do even more for you than what he, what he did for me. Because that is the God that we serve. You know, imagine, like I said, us as a church... We can grow stronger in our faith after every disappointment. Imagine. Imagine what we can achieve in the spirit. Imagine how we can encourage one another. Imagine the faith in this house. If we are not running away from God after a disappointment, but we're running towards him even harder than ever. If our faith can be purified. You know, I, I pray that you will discover how this dragon of disappointment becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. The more you allow God to, to change your perspective, the more you allow him just to, to reward you for your faith and to give you unexpected gifts that you did not expect, to give you this potential new possibilities because you have an eternal perspective. This is the God that we serve. And this is what he wants to do for you this morning. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.